but now I'm upping the protein a little bit, upping the fat, certainly, and by doing that, I have stabilized my weight. I could easily eat less, but I'm making a conscious decision to eat enough each day so that I no longer lose weight. Hi, and welcome to the Solving Type 2 Diabetes Podcast. I'm Tom, and I'll be your host as I share what I'm doing in my daily life to solve my type 2 diabetes. Listen in as I share the food, movement, and tools that I'm using each day. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. For a full transcript or to follow the Solving Type 2 Diabetes Podcast on social media, please head over to SolvingType2Diabetes.com for all those links and more. Now, on to the show. Well, thanks for joining me very much this week. I'm glad you're back for another week. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Thanks for being here. I'd like to start off by asking you a favor. Would you please share this episode with someone that you care about? Hopefully you're getting some value out of these podcasts and I would greatly appreciate it if you would think about someone that you care about, maybe someone with type 2 diabetes, maybe someone caring for someone else with type 2 diabetes, and please share this episode with them. That would mean an awful lot to me, and I would appreciate it. So let's look at my week this week. I hope you're having a really great week. I've had a very nice week at home. I call it my basic week at home. On Monday, we got home from Maine, and that was a nice drive down. The weather was a little iffy. They had torrential rains up in New Hampshire and Vermont when we drove through there and slowed traffic down quite a bit, but we did make it home safely, and I know there was some damage and some injuries from that flooding, especially in lower Vermont. I know they had a huge problem with that down there. I think the capital of Vermont got flooded out. So hope folks are okay from that. And we got home really without too much of a major event. And it's been a quiet week at home. I call it basic week and getting in time for movement, things like that. And yeah, so that's how that was. Not much to report when it's a basic week at home. It's life of retirement. So for my numbers this week, I did manage to close my rings five out of seven days. I had that day of travel, so that accounted for one day, and another day just simply didn't work out. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later, about prioritizing movement in your day. And maybe I'll follow these a few tips for myself and maybe get it six or seven days out of seven in one of these upcoming weeks. Anyway, my seven-day average glucose reading was 105 on my CGM, my Libre 3, and that's a 24-7 reading. It takes a reading about once a minute, sends it directly to my iPhone, and we're going to hear here a little bit later about how the Libre 3 app was not working well for folks over in the UK. My body fat percentage is holding steady at 21.0%, so nothing major to report there. My macros for the week, I've averaged 64 grams of carbohydrates each day these past seven days and 140 grams of protein. Now, that's just a hair low on the carbohydrates, but it's actually spot on. 
Uh, that doesn't happen very often that it's exactly at my goal, but my goal right now is 140 grams of protein, and I actually hit that this week at exactly 140 grams, averaged across the seven days. Now for my Manjaro update, well, what kind of an update is it really? I'm on this 7.5 milligram dose. As you know, this is the only medication I'm currently taking for my type 2 diabetes. And if you remember, way back I reported my history with type 2 diabetes. And I might have to revisit that here in the near future. But I used to get A1C readings in the 11s. I think once it actually hit 14. But obviously things are much different now. My latest A1C was 5.0, and this Manjaro right now is doing it all by itself. With the average glucose readings, what they are, I expect that in September when I go for my next doctor's visit, I'll get an A1C reading pretty similar to the last one, maybe in the low fives, something like that. So the Manjaro is working well, 7.5 milligram dose, still take that weekly. And I know that's not much of an update, it's not too exciting, but it's working, it's doing its job, it's doing what it's supposed to do. Also helping, I believe, with hunger control and being satisfied with smaller portions, and that's helping. For my challenge and win this week, well, I'm not sure I actually had a challenge. As I mentioned, it was a basic week at home with one day of travel on the road, and for that day of travel, I did have a couple of protein shakes and a couple of protein bars in the car with me. So I had no reason or desire to eat out of vending machines or at fast food or anything else like that. So really no great challenges when I'm able to cook for myself at home. And we only ate out once. My wife and I checked out this new place called Colebrook Crossings. It's in a neighborhood. It's actually right next to the rail trail. And it used to be a twin kiss. And if you're familiar with twin kiss, ice cream type burger place. And this also is the same format, ice cream, burgers, things like that. So we wanted to check that out for lunch this week. And I just got plain burger patties. And that was very easy for me to do. Didn't have to worry about the bun, didn't worry about french fries. That might seem a little bit boring to some, but really salt and pepper, Nice, freshly cooked hamburger patties. I happen to like that. So it was easy for me. I got good sleep each day. Got in some really nice walks out on the rail trail. So not much of a challenge, but I'm going to call that a win. A plain, basic week at home. No big issues. Everything going well. Yep, I'm going to chalk that up for a win. All right, let's take a look at the news. Now, I did mention just a second ago about folks in the UK having issues with the Freestyle Libre 3 app. And folks were having problems. They went to log into their app. And this only seems to be happening in the UK, in the App Store from the UK. Evidently, it's a different version from other folks. But... Abbott says that they're going to make the app again available soon. I have no way of checking the Apple Store from the UK. I get the US Apple Store when I go to Apple. So I don't know. Maybe someone can let me know. Someone can report in. 
Mike actually sent me this article. I had come across it already, but I appreciate Mike sending it in to look at. So I have a feeling he might be in the UK. And if so, Mike, maybe you can let us know if that app is back and is working again. But it says here about 200,000 people use these sensors in the UK. And evidently one day the app just stopped working. And when folks called Abbott and asked for the tech support what to do, they said that they should erase the app from their phone and download it again. The problem is when they went to try and re-download it, it had already been taken off the app store. So they're simply left without an app. And without the app, the sensor is absolutely useless. So here we are having folks who paid for the use of the sensor. The sensor requires the app and the app isn't working. So I'm not sure what you do in a situation like that. There's no value having the sensor on your arm. You can't, I guess you can ask for your money back, but in the meantime, more importantly, there is no way for them to check what the sensor's reading. They have to go back to either routine finger sticks or something like that, but there's no way for them to get information out of this Libre 3 sensor. So I'm certainly happy personally that it didn't happen here in the U.S. because I do like having that information. I imagine the folks in the U.K. want to have that information too. And for others who may be type 1 diabetics need this information because it's, it can be life or death, having low blood sugar, high blood sugar, that type of thing. This next article is entitled, Eight Ways Manjaro Weight Loss Changed a Man's Routine and His Life Long Term. And what they're saying is that while this person, his name's Brody, while this person was prescribed Manjaro last November, just maybe about a month before I was, because he had type 2 diabetes, it was not prescribed for weight loss, he did happen to lose weight when taking Manjaro, as I did, but he said that it has really changed his relationship with food, his lifestyle, and he, things he's done now, because he did notice that he was losing maybe more weight than he wanted to, and he really wasn't thinking about protein. And it's important if you're eating less that a higher and higher, according to this article, a higher and higher portion of your food come from protein because there is a minimum amount of protein you want to get in every day. We all know there's no such thing as a minimum amount of carbohydrates. Your body can convert excess protein into carbohydrates when it needs it. And with fat, it's fairly easy to still to get in sufficient amounts of fat. But with protein, you really have to be careful in that you're not eating so little that you're starving your body of its building blocks, basically. So what Brody does here, it says he starts every day with a protein-packed smoothie. So unlike a protein shakes, he has a smoothie that he invented, and it has oat milk and various fruits and vegetables, and to that he adds a protein powder to make it a high-protein shake every morning. And he says he focuses more on body composition than weight loss. So his body fat percentage, like myself, is what he's worrying about rather than the weight on the actual scale. Now, he does things like he adds his movement, his exercise. He actually uses a machine called a tonal machine for some resistance training. And you really don't need a machine for that. If you want to add 
resistance training, the easiest way to start is using your own body weight with exercises, and that's a great way to start. And he said he got rid of things like Doritos and now enjoys homemade fresh-baked treats instead of highly processed treats. And he says he doesn't like Doritos anymore, and he hates Cheez-Its, poor Cheez-Its, but he doesn't like those anymore either. So it definitely did change his taste for food. He said he really doesn't get much from artificial foods anymore. He says stretching is a daily habit. He added stretching, and he likes to have other physical activities like gardening, etc. And he said drinking enough water is a new chore because he really has a hard time gauging his hunger. He also rarely feels thirsty. So because of that, he actually schedules drinking water throughout his day. He does that like adding more flavor to his meals, he says, and he loves writing down his thoughts. So he says that makes him happier and more aware each day. Because he's less focused on food, he can focus on other things like those activities. So these are eight things that Brody shares that he is doing now since he has lost a lot of weight and is on this Manjaro medication like I am. And it says it's really changing his thinking, which I find is very interesting. This third article here is entitled, FDA Authorizes Better Therapeutics Mobile App for Treating Type 2 Diabetes. So this is a mobile app, a therapy app, specializing for people with type 2 diabetes. And it says here that behavioral therapy through this app is now authorized by the FDA. And that's a treatment for type 2 diabetes. And when it's authorized by the FDA, it could mean that it's covered by health insurance and things like that. So behavioral change has always been a part of treatment for type 2 diabetes. It's making these changes in your lifestyle. And now they say this app is an effective way to get this type of therapy and training and I'm not really sure how the app works exactly or what its features are, but it's it's on the App Store, I guess, so you could check it out. And it's from a company called Better Therapeutics. And the name is Aspire, A-S-P-Y-R-E-R-X. So that's something for you to check out. Finally here, this last article that we have is entitled, Out with BMI to Measure Weight, in with body fat percentage. Now I found this article interesting because that's what I do. I'm really not concerned with a number on the scale, although it is something to monitor. It is another metric. But more importantly are things like your waist circumference or your body fat percentage, if you have a way of obtaining those numbers. A corollary for body fat percentage is waist circumference. If your waist number, your waist measurement, your belt size, or whatever you want to call it, is going down, normally the only way for that to happen is if you're losing fat. Now, you want to keep it in a healthy range, but if your waist, if your belt size, if your pants size, especially for men, I guess, I'm not sure how ladies measure their clothing, but I'm familiar with the waist size on a pair of pants, and if that's going up, it's almost always because your body fat percentage is going up. Because quite frankly, adding muscle around your midsection tends to tighten things up. 
not make them expand. Your muscles also do take up space, so to speak, but increased fat takes up a lot more space. So if your belt size is going up, chances are your fat is going up. If your belt size or pant size is going down, chances are your body fat is going down. Now, if you have the way of calculating that, like through a smart scale or something like that, or you go get a test, a DEXA scan, or a bod pod, or a dunk test, or even calipers to some degree, you can measure your body fat percentage more directly. But it's saying here that BMI, which is really a poor way of measuring your body composition, is really on its way out. And what's coming in to replace it is body fat percentage, which is one of the reasons I give those numbers here. And I found this article very interesting because of that. Okay, let's look at our topic for today. Now, as I mentioned last week, I want to talk about prioritizing movement in your day. Now, I did not come up with all of these ideas. Some of these ideas I do incorporate in my life, but there's 10 basic principles, if you will, to help you prioritize movement in your day. And I did some scouring on the internet and came up with these as basically general consensus, if you will, as ideas for getting movement in your day. Now, I have mentioned that Really, I think for the past few months, I've been averaging about five out of seven days to close my rings. Now, that doesn't mean that once or twice a week when I don't close my rings that I don't have any movement. It's just typically what it means is I have not gone out on a intentional exercise or movement session, normally a long walk on the trail, but certainly I make it a point to have movement throughout the day. I adhere to my getting up and moving some each hour, every hour through the day that I'm awake. So I do close that ring every single day. And I also just get in. I walk further when I park the car. I park farther away from somewhere, things like that. And nonetheless, it is great to actually have a goal each day and these are 10 tips to help you get there so let's look at these 10 ideas and hopefully some of these might be helpful for you the first one is to set a specific time so schedule these sessions these exercise routines these walks just like you would any other appointment if you don't make it a priority on your calendar it's going to get pushed aside if you don't know when you're going to do it, the chances are you're really not going to. Treat it as a non-negotiable commitment to yourself. That's the second one. Make it non-negotiable. So make it an essential part of your day. So you know what time you want to do it. Now make a commitment to do it. You make a commitment to eating. You make a commitment to sleeping. Don't allow other tasks or distractions to take precedence over your movement. Perhaps you should... Start your day with exercise. That's the third one. One way to prioritize exercise is by getting it done. For you, you might enjoy doing it first every day. The first thing you do when you wake up is maybe put on your shoes, get out to your gym, go for a walk. Just get it done. You're less likely to have things overtaken by other events if it's the first event of the day. 
or something pops up and, oh, darn it, you wanted to do it at three and something happened and you couldn't make it at three. Well, maybe now the rest of your day is completely booked. So that works for some people. Now, personally, I don't ever do that. I very rarely like to get in my intentional movement early in the morning. It's just not the way I roll. I like coffee and the news early in the morning. That's what I like to do. But again, that's just a habit, and the habit of exercise or movement early in the day might be great for you. Another idea here, break it into shorter sessions. I like to call these exercise or movement snacks. So instead of doing maybe an hour walk, and I enjoy an hour, hour and a half walk, but maybe for you, you can fit it in your day more easily if you did maybe 15 minutes before breakfast or right after breakfast, maybe 20 minutes at lunch, maybe another 20 minutes after work. You do that and you still get in your hour walk each day, but it doesn't have to be all at once. I mean, I've read plenty of research that says as long as you get in 10, 15 minutes at a time, you're really getting in that good blood pumping workout that you need. Another one, set achievable goals. Make sure your goals for exercise, especially if you're just starting out, match your current fitness level and the time you have available. If you think you're going to have a hard time fitting in 15 or 20 minutes, don't schedule something to start with that takes an hour. Be realistic. Also, if maybe your level of exercise right now is a slower, maybe 10-15 minute casual walk, don't start running three miles. Don't beat yourself up. Now, you might easily get to three miles over the course of weeks or months, but for now, maybe take it easy. Take it to match your current levels. Be successful at what you can currently do. Set attainable goals, achievable goals, and that'll give you some motivation. Next, find an accountability partner, a friend, a family member, It could be someone on the internet, who knows. But have somebody to hold you accountable. If you can find someone to do your movement with, and if they're into it and you're into it and you're having a good time, you're more likely to complete it. You're more likely to give it that higher priority and actually schedule it in your day. So going right with that is make it enjoyable. Make sure you're in an environment or you picked an activity or you're with people that you find fun. Make it something that you're going to enjoy to make yourself want to do it. Look at the things in life we really enjoy. We don't seem to have a problem getting those things done. So make exercise or your physical intentional movement something that you enjoy. Pick something fun. So incorporate it into your day is another tip. So what do you do each day? Well, maybe you go to work each day. So maybe instead of taking the elevator, you can take the stairs. You still end up in your office, but maybe you take two or three flights of stairs instead of the elevator the whole way. Or maybe if we're talking about work, you could actually walk or bike to work. Or if you have to drive, maybe you can park further away. Something to think about. Also, if you tend to watch TV, and I tend to watch TV a lot, Maybe you could do some yoga while you're watching TV. Maybe you could watch TV on a treadmill. I've done that before. Still got to watch my evening news. Also got in a nice 
hour-long walk on the treadmill. And the nice thing about the treadmill while you're watching TV is you can crank up the elevation on that treadmill. You don't have to be running. You don't have to completely exhaust yourself. You can still watch TV. But by increasing that elevation on the treadmill, you're actually getting a darn good workout. So incorporate it into your daily activities. Getting up here, number nine, use technology. I like to use apps. I use my Apple Watch. I use Apple Fitness Plus. I use my Fitness Pal. Various things like this. I use technology and apps and the watch, tools, things like this to help me record and therefore get motivated from exercise streaks or making improvements. I can check my pace I'm walking out. All kinds of information can be derived from these fitness apps that you can use. And finally, prioritize self-care. Self-care for yourself. And understand that this movement is not just about physical health. Maybe you heard about forest bathing. I don't know who came up with that, but I think that's what I do a little bit when I get out on my trail. I am out in nature after the first, I don't know, quarter mile, the trail goes into a part of the woods where there's really no traffic around and you just hear the birds, you hear some water, there's a stream that goes by and that's mental care for me anyway. It helps my emotional well-being. By prioritizing self-care, you can reduce your stress, you can boost your mood. And I think maybe for myself anyway, my overall quality of life is improved. So hopefully that's helpful. Those are 10 tips for getting in exercise, getting in movement in your day and making it a priority. All right, let's look at your questions. And I do have some questions this week, which I'm really happy about. The first one here from Tom he doesn't really ask a question, but he leaves a very nice comment. So I'm going to read it. He writes here, five-star podcast, lots of information put in a straightforward and honest manner, friendly and interesting host. Thank you. And this is from Tom in Northampton, UK. Well, thank you, Tom. Thanks very much. I appreciate comments like that. And I mean, to me, it's, it's encouraging. It really helps with my motivation to keep doing this. So I'm glad, Tom, that you're getting some benefit out of this. And Tom, don't forget to share. Share this with someone that you care about. The second one here is from Mike. And Mike writes in, he asks a question. Mike says, at one point during your Manjaro journey, you were concerned about losing too much weight due to appetite suppression you were experiencing with a 7.5 milligram dose. How is your appetite these days? Are you still eating less than you were before starting Manjaro? Or has your appetite returned to normal? Thanks, Mike. Well, hey, Mike, thank you very much for writing in. Mike is also the person who shared that article about the Libre 3 sensor not working in the UK. So if Mike or anyone here, like Tom from the UK, if anyone has information about that Libre 3 sensor, is it working yet? I greatly appreciate hearing from you. So let's look at your question here, Mike. Uh, yes, at one point I was discussing how I didn't want to lose too much weight because my appetite is certainly down with using this Manjaro. I mean, that is one of the known 
side effects or benefits, if you will. Not quite sure it's a benefit, but it is one of the known side effects. And it's one of the reasons why Manjaro is also prescribed for people who need to lose weight because of health issues. So to answer your question, I was concerned and I did not lose too much weight in my opinion. I am no longer in the overweight category. So I guess that puts me in the average. I'm not going to call it normal. Normal is such a, I don't know, descriptive word because folks who are not at a particular weight are not abnormal. So I'm not going to call it a normal weight range. I'm going to call it a weight range that has been identified previously as being helpful. There, how's that? So I am in that weight range. I'm no longer classified as overweight. Now, as far as my appetite suppression, I still have that. Now, do I have it as strongly as I did? I don't know. That's hard to say. I don't know. I can't tell, honestly. I'd have to remember what it was like before. I do know that I eat less. I eat a lot less than I did before taking Manjaro. And that's good because I was obese and then I was overweight. And now, according to the charts, whenever I'm not. So that's good, but it does make it challenging. I do have to go the extra mile, so to speak, in making sure that I get in enough protein, get in enough of the food that's helpful to me. And without having that appetite trigger, sometimes that can be overlooked. I think I could just not eat one day, not repeatedly, but but I think there could be a series of circumstances where it was either not convenient or whatever to eat in a particular day. And I think I could get through that and not feel poorly. Now, obviously you don't want to continue that. So how's your appetite these days, Mike asks. Well, I have an appetite from time to time, not a strong appetite. I don't feel any type of aversion to eating. I'm just sort of meh about it. I do enjoy food. I don't enjoy it maybe as much as I used to. And that's a downside. I have great blood sugar control, but then I have this issue with my appetite. Now, I don't lose weight anymore. I have not lost really any weight in the last, I don't know, I'm going to say two months. And I think that's because I'm intentionally maybe eating more than I feel like eating. And I'm not eating a whole lot of carbs still. In fact, I think I'm eating about the same amount of carbs as I was when I was actively losing weight. But now I'm upping the protein a little bit, upping the fat, certainly. And by doing that, I have stabilized my weight. I could easily eat less, but I'm making a conscious decision to eat enough each day so that I no longer lose weight. Now, would I like to continue to rebalance my body fat percentage a little bit? Maybe reduce fat a little bit? Yes, but honestly, only if I can make sure that I maintain or increase my muscle. And that'll take a little bit more work than I'm currently putting in. So Mike, I hope that answers your question. I really still do not have any type of strong appetite or hunger pains or anything like that. And honestly, I could quite frankly very easily skip a meal and not even think twice about it. Now, I don't know how many meals in a row I could do that with, but you know, I do from time to time, ah, darn it, I didn't have lunch today. 
or, you know, I really don't feel like dinner. That does happen from time to time, but intentionally, if nothing else, I'll grab a protein shake and can drink that really quickly and easily and not even think twice about it. And who can't use a good 30 grams of whey protein? So, Mike, thanks for writing in. I appreciate that very much. And if you would like to either write in with a comment like Tom did or ask a question or send in an article reference like Mike did, there's two easy ways to do that. And the first way is simply send me an email, tom at solvingtype2diabetes.com. That's my email address. Or just jump right over to the solvingtype2diabetes.com website and click on feedback. If you're on your phone, tap on the little menu, they call that a hamburger, tap on the little menu and drop down and you'll see feedback. Fill out that little form and I'll get that right away. Now in the past I have asked for a topic and actually a topic was sent in and suggested to me and we'll talk about that in a second. But first, I'd like to ask you the favor again. Really, the numbers for this podcast are going down. Now, I don't know if folks are just bored. Maybe they're on vacation. They don't listen to podcasts. I'm not quite sure. But one way that you could help, one way that you could help motivate me to continue to do these podcasts every week is to please share. Please share this podcast this week, this episode, with somebody that you care about. Okay, what is next? Well, this topic, like I said, was sent in to me, and I certainly appreciate it. And the topic will be for next week, the impact of caffeine from coffee and tea in solving type 2 diabetes. I think that'll be interesting. Join me for that one. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Solving Type 2 Diabetes Podcast. I hope you found it valuable. Please follow and leave a five-star review as it helps other people find the podcast. By subscribing, you ensure you won't miss the next episode. You can always get a full transcript of the episode at SolvingType2Diabetes.com. There, you will also find the links to leave feedback and links to follow on social media. I'm very interested in hearing from you with comments and suggestions. Thanks very much for listening. Please remember that everything I share is just from my own personal experience and should not be taken as medical or health advice. Please consult your own medical professionals. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only.